So I'm going to read from uh, Ruth, and really starting at chapter 1, verse 22, and then we'll go on into chapter 2 as well. So I think you've got it there in your handouts on the tables, so do follow along. So chapter 1, verse 22. So so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favour. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favour in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favour in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah 
of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until I have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with my young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. And that is the end of chapter 2. So we're very pleased to have uh, Frank Seller with us today, who'll be talking from God's Word, uh, Frank from Bloomfield Presbyterian Church, and uh, we look forward to hear what you have to say to us, Frank. Um, would you like me to pray before That'd we start? Be great. Thank you. So let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks uh, for our opportunity to hear from your word today. We ask that you would give Frank the words to speak from your words uh, and help him speak clearly to us and help us as well as we seek to hear what you are saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as has been said last week, uh, we were introduced to this lovely story. Uh, lovely, not just because it's a romantic tale, uh, because it's much, much more than that, but because of this woman called Naomi, which name means lovely. And once upon a time, she was a lovely person, and she had a perfectly lovely home. She had a husband, she had a farm, and two boys, and then famine struck and things were no longer lovely. Her husband, uh, whose name means my, my God is King, decided to leave Bethlehem. Uh, and the name of Bethlehem means House of Bread, Bread House. And he decided to go and take his family uh, to a place where God is not King, to the land of Moab, and there to seek bread that does not satisfy. And although their two sons marry, uh, sadly Elimelech dies, and so do their two boys, leaving Naomi feeling bereft and alone, less lovely than she had been before she had left Bethlehem. And now she determines to return back home. Orpha, one of her daughters-in-law, uh, writes herself out of the story by travelling the broad way back to her people and her gods. Whereas Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, gives this story her name by travelling along with Naomi uh, in the direction of Naomi's way back to the place with few prospects and insecurity, but back nonetheless to the place of bread, Bethlehem. And you remember those words, where you go, I will go, 
where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my God, and uh, your God, my God. So returning back to God can be complicated. Returning back to the God of Bethlehem can be difficult. It can be uncertain. It can even be embarrassing. But returning back to the Lord is never wrong. So here we have last week being introduced to this lady called Lovely, Lovely Naomi, whose life turned out to be anything but lovely. And today I want to introduce you to Lucky. Uh, lucky whose life has been anything but lucky. And this is Ruth the Moabites. Moab, by the way, was not just Israel's ancient enemy, it was also a place which was widely known within that society for its idolatry and incest and ignorance. And so imagine this young woman with nothing, no bread, no husband, no children, no hope, arriving with her prospective mother-in-law, uh, Naomi, in a place with new customs, unfamiliar people, and suspicious stares. I wonder if you have any idea just how hard it is for a refugee, even at this moment in time. Yesterday I was in a pastoral situation with someone who is in precisely this situation. Um, they've arrived from a place of danger, they have travelled through dangerous places in order to get to their destination, they have experienced trauma and prejudice and disrespect, and even when they arrive at the place of safety, they look different from the local people. They feel out of their comfort zone. They don't speak the language. They are given stares of suspicion. They are distrusted. They become anxious. They are even hated by some uh, fearful that uh, they've come to take people's jobs or to upset the familiar way of life. I was thinking back, did I ever have any experience that was something like that? And all I could think of back was about 30 years ago when I worked uh, with young people in Bangor. And uh, we, we had an occasion when the young people were doing a game. It was called Hunt the Worker. And uh, so all the leaders uh, dressed up in, in various outfits, you know, as fishermen or as window cleaners. And the young people had to go down town and sign up as many of the leaders as they could. And I decided that I dress as a punk. It's the only time I've ever had torn jeans and, uh, uh, and um, what do you call it, things in your ears and uh, metal everywhere and, and brightly coloured shoes. And, and I, I went down the town in Bangor and it was just amazing to see how, it, like the Red Sea, it just parted in front of you. And you were able to do whatever you like. I felt very powerful. But walking down Bangor as a punk, I met somebody who was uh, a stalwart in the church uh, that I belonged to at that time. And, and he just ignored me. He just turned his face and went the opposite way. He didn't recognise me. And I had to go up behind him and say, you don't know who I am. But it was just, it was an interesting experience. What it was to be... Uh, outside the comfort zone and, and seeing how other people reacted to someone who was different. And that must have been the experience for Ruth the Moabites. She came with Naomi to this place that she did not know and she was not uh, respected. 
I wonder, and this is just by the by, I wonder does it ever occur to you, as it has just occurred to me, that maybe, maybe some of the people with a different colour skin from our own, or strange clothes, a refugee within our own context, might in fact be one of God's special people. Someone that God loves, cares for, and has a purpose for, and deeply cares for. Anyway, that's by the by. Here we have Lucky Ruth, whose life has been so unlucky, and she says to her mother-in-law, let me go out into the fields and pick the leftover grain up. And as luck would have it, uh, they arrived in Bethlehem around this time of the year, about harvest Thanksgiving time. The famine was over in Bethlehem, the harvest was about to begin, and would you believe it, you see in chapter 2 verse 3, as luck would have it again, she found herself working in a field that just happened to belong to a worthy man, a man of fine standing whose name was Boaz. And amazingly, astonishingly, uh, by sheer chance, verse 4, at that very moment who should turn up in the field but the man himself. This man, who we happen to have been told in verse 1, was a relative on uh, Naomi's husband's side. So here's unfortunate Ruth, the uh, Moabitess, the alien, who just happened to get lucky. Do you believe in luck? Um, my daughter and her husband was in uh, uh, Iceland. Uh, last summer for three days and my brother and his wife were on a cruise to Iceland and they were going right round the island and it just so happened that they bumped into each other at a waterfall. But that's luck. Is that what happened here to Ruth? Well, Boaz, this man of noble character, notices Ruth. And when he finds out her story, he's remarkably generous to her. Just as Torah uh, requires in Deuteronomy 24, um, Boaz recognised that here was an alien, here was somebody who had no father, here was a widow, and he felt it was the right thing to do to um, leave some of the grain at the edge of the fields. That's what Torah says is a good thing to do. The scriptures teach it's a good thing to be kind to strangers. <coughs> and when Ruth comes home that day, Naomi finds out that she's been lucky enough to meet this man Boaz. And suddenly, bitter uh, Naomi brightens up when she realizes that there is a redeemer with the ability to protect uh, their futures. And the first sign of loveliness returns to the face of Lucky Ruth's mother-in-law. Um, so there we have, we, we have um, Naomi uh, back uh, in Bethlehem, we have uh, Ruth back in Bethlehem, and it is the house of bread once again. The way back to Bethlehem, the way back to the place where God is king, can be a difficult process. 
It can be a rough ride. It can be uncertain. It can be even embarrassing. But returning back to the place where God is king, to the place where there is a redeemer, is never, ever the wrong thing to do. In fact, it's always the right thing to do. And while Christian people may or may not see it, uh, God does work His purposes out, uh, for our good and for His glory. <coughs> I just wonder, could it be by any chance that somebody here uh, at lunchtime today might be having a sense of being confused or a bit worthless, having been disobedient or careless or even lazy? And what I would say to you is, please don't let the devil leave you in Ruth chapter 1. Return. Return to the Lord and see what lucky things might even happen to you. Well, the rest of this chapter in, in uh, Ruth chapter 2 is just beautiful. Um, it may not just be a romantic tale, but it certainly is that. And it has moments of loveliness and tenderness. And you see, for example, in verse 8, how Boaz speaks to Ruth. He says, my daughter. Um, do you remember another man who called a woman who touched the hem of his uh, garment? In Mark chapter 5, exactly the same way, my daughter. My daughter, don't go and glean in another field, says Boaz. Stay here and uh, follow along after the girls. I, I've told the men not to touch you. and um, Whenever you're thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars. Uh, that my men have already filled. And we're beginning to wonder, who is this man of uh, great strength and character? Who is it that speaks to Ruth so tenderly? Who cares for her? Who provides for her? Who's the one who protects her? Who is the one who grants her a drink? Could this be the Redeemer who reaches out in total and utter uh, uh, tenderness to her in her fragility? and speaks, uh, urging her to find refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. Come over here, he said in verse 14. Come on over here and have some bread. And when she sat down in verse 14, she ate all she wanted. She had all those sandwiches and more. And amazingly and astonishingly, there was a whole lot left over. Does that remind you of another story of somebody who provided bread? Plenty left over. And then she got up to glean again and Boaz gave special instructions that his men should uh, give her even more. Do you see that in verse 16? And that night when she came home, what she had amounted to an ephah. Now I am quite sure that last week Sam told you how much an ephah was. Um, I will give you the answer if you've forgotten. It's a tenth of a homer. <laughs> in other words it's a lot it's actually about 90 kgs if you were to go to the airport and you had three enormous heavy suitcases that's how much uh, she gathered that day so it was, a, it was a lot to take home to Naomi this is what you might call not just grace but amazing grace sometimes it is necessary that we have to be empty before we can be filled. And that was certainly the case here. And when she went home, to see in verse 19, Naomi said to Ruth, Where on earth have you gleaned today? 
blessed be the man who took uh, notice of you. Blessed indeed, lucky in the extreme. I suppose it's possible that there are two divergent sort of people even uh, here at lunchtime, perhaps by chance. Uh, there are those who say, I don't need redeeming. I'm okay just as I am. The gospel is for other people, needy people. On the other hand, there are those who say, I'm not worthy of redeeming. God wouldn't have any time for me, not after what I've done against him. And, and should that be the case for either any of you, please know this, there is a man of noble character who is for you in both circumstances. There is a man of worth and standing who says, my daughter, my son, come over here, come in your fragility and your vulnerability, and I will give you something to drink. I will give you bread that will not go stale. And I wonder what our response might be. Would it be similar to what Ruth said in verse 10? She bowed down with her face to the ground and she said, why have I found such favour in your eyes that you have noticed me? And when, when we're given something, the, the appropriate response is thankfulness. And here she is, she's turned from Moab, she's turned to Bethlehem. She's turned from the place of disobedience and human wisdom to the place where there is the Redeemer. And I suppose the message is, if uh, this is familiar to you, then don't go anywhere else. I mean, that's what, that's what Boaz said to Ruth in verse 8. Don't go anywhere else. If you, if you find here satisfaction, if you find here blessing, if you find here amazing and abundant grace, don't even think of going somewhere else. Don't go away from the Redeemer. Come back. Come back. Come home. And so in verse 23, we see that Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and the harvests, wheat harvests were finished. And was the very last sentence we're told in, in chapter 2. She went and lived with her mother-in-law. Now that's interesting. That's very touching, isn't it? That's lovely. But that can't be the end of the story. Can it? Can it? <laughs> Living with the mother-in-law? <laughs> well, well, we'll find out maybe next week. There we go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, can I just pray for you this weekend? Dear God, thank you for our time together. Thank you for pointing us to the Redeemer who is good, the Redeemer who is kind, the good, the, the Redeemer who is, is generous and who welcomes back home. Dear Lord, um, thank you for Jesus. And thank you that he is the supreme redeemer who has loved us and sacrificed himself for us. May everybody here know your care and your love as they go to work and their various responsibilities. And whatever um, are weighing, those issues weighing heavily uh, on minds, enable each person to be conscious that you are the God who has gone ahead of them to prepare the way. And all we ask is for the sake of Christ, our redeemer. Amen.